Whew. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Real quick. Uh, I just want to get this out of the way. Um, guys, our worship team is ridiculous. Uh, like, it's, it's phenomenal. And one thing that I, I've taken for granted these last couple years is the leadership that John Joyner has given uh, this stage and the heart that he has behind it. If any of you guys know John, or if you guys know Cameron, you know the stuff up here, this isn't just like some random stuff that they're reading out of a book. Like, this is something that, this is their life. And, um, man, whew, I, y'all just have to know that's good stuff. All right, I'm all frazzled. I got, like, emotion going a million different directions. So uh, bef- before we get started tonight, could you guys, would you guys just, like, focus in prayer with me real quick? Just real quick, we're going to say a prayer. God, I, I thank you for what you have done in this ministry, what you're doing and what you're going to do through the students in this room. God, I believe that there is a revolution that is going to happen, and it's going to start with the students that are sitting in these chairs right now. They just don't know it yet. So, God, uh, <laughs> I just pray that, that tonight as the night goes on that, that you, would, uh, you would not let us get focused on the, the sadness of goodbyes, but we would just look forward in excitement for what's next, God. And so tonight, uh, my prayer is that the students wouldn't hear me speaking, but they would hear you speaking through me, Lord. So with all that, um, we just pray it in your name, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. Woo. All right. I'm going to sit down. I need to chill. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm, I'm pumped to be with you guys tonight. This series next is not only a baller series, but it's super appropriate for my life right now um, because I, I get to teach on being, like, excited about the next as I am scared to death to move 33 hours away to Arizona uh, tomorrow morning. So that's fun. Um, but, but I'm walking through... My next, and the truth is, is that we all have a next. Every every person sitting in here has a next. Like tonight, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the seniors a little bit, and it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a cool thing. We got some parents in here. Thank you guys for coming to support your senior. But like seniors, your next is either like you're just gonna jump right in to the real world and get a real job, and then grind it out for the rest of your life, um, or or maybe you're gonna go to college, which is to be honest, just delaying the inevitable that you're going to have to get a real job in the real world and grind it out uh, for the rest of your life. So, uh, guys, it's all, it's all downhill from here. So uh, have that to look forward to in your next. That was a joke. Um, anyway, but, but it's been so cool these last two years. I've gotten to know a ton of you seniors. And, um, man, it's, it's crazy how much God can grow you in just two years. Like, I walked in here, and I was just like this little, like, arrogant, super dorky college graduate and, like, I was, like, hiding behind all of, like, my insecurities. And now, now I'm, like, confident young pastor who's going to go out and kick some butt. And I'm excited about what God has for me next. And I'm only just, like, a little bit less dorky than I was two years ago. So it's a, it's a work in progress, okay? Like, in 50, 60 years, I'm going to be, like, normal amount of dork. It's going to be solid. But, um, but we all have a next. And, and for some of you guys, like I said, it's college. Maybe it's uh, underclassmen moving from underclassmen to upperclassmen. You guys have to step up your game. Or maybe it's getting a driver's license, which in that case, I'm thankful I'm moving far away. Um, or or maybe, maybe it's just you trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do this summer. Um, there's three months coming up that I think you're a little bit excited about, but maybe you have no idea what you're doing yet. Um, let me just fill in the blank for one week. Camp. Uh, NTS is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Guys, I, I know, like, maybe money's a problem or maybe, like, timing is a problem. Guys, 
Go to camp. You will not regret it. I know a bunch of people that went last year that their parents were like, listen, you're going to camp. And they're like, Mom, no, I don't want to. It's going to suck. And then they, they went, and it was totally awesome, and it changed their life. And uh, you will not regret it if you go to NDS camp. So check it out, 12stone.com slash camp. I think there's probably something on the back of your bulletin or whatever. But, um, but yeah, but goodbyes are, are tough. They're tough. But, but I believe that God uses goodbyes to grow us. And God wants to grow us. God has a next for us. And the thing that we talked about last week, we're in week two of our next series right now. And what Derek talked about last week is how God's next for us is better than we can even imagine. It's better than we can even conceive our next could be. So we're going to kick it back to Ephesians uh, 3.20. Throw it up on the screen. And uh, I'm going to read it again real quick, refresh the memory. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. Guys, God can do immeasurably more than you can even imagine. And that's really hard to uh, comprehend right now. But uh, immeasurably more than you, not like three times, immeasurably more. It's, uh, it's pretty solid. But, but we have to be listening to God's voice so we can be ready when God's next comes up for us. And, and so we all have a, a next. And last week we talked about how our past informs our our, our future, and we talked about, like, Numbers 13 and the Israelites and all that stuff, and we're going we're gonna to dive back into that later. Um, but, but so we all have this next, and, and this week we're talking about the present. And here's the deal. With us all having a next, like, when you have a next, that means you have a decision to make. Every next comes with a decision. And before you make that decision, you ask yourself this one question. It seems very simplistic. It seems very like, no, that's a stupid question. Bro, everybody asks this question, and that question is at the top of your notes, uh, I believe, and it says, what do I do now? <laughs> is anyone else feeling like that? Guys, I don't have a place to live. Um, I barely found out a way to get all my stuff there. I don't know anyone. God, what the heck do I do now? <laughs> what do I do now? Like, seriously, ask your neighbor right now. Say, like, what do I do now, Andrew? What do I do? All right. Now, now, just don't listen. If, you're, if your neighbor answers, don't listen to them. I promise their advice is not good. Um, their advice is not good. Don't listen to them. Sorry, neighbors that I'm offending right now. But, but the, decisions, the decisions that you're making today are going to determine the next that God has for you. And, and the decisions that you're making today determine your next for tomorrow. And, and so... How you answer the question, what do I do now, is kind of a big deal. And, and when we get faced with that tough question of what do I do now, uh, there are two things that tend to uh, influence our decisions. And, and it's two things that I, we're gonna, I'm going to caution you with tonight, and we're going to see how we can push past those two things. So in, in your notes it says that, that we're driven by feelings and we're driven by fear. Those choices for that, that, to answer that question, we are driven by feelings and we are driven by Fear. The world is telling you to live by feeling, okay? Uh, just do whatever feels right. I'm sure you guys have heard that uh, fairly recently. But, but you're being told daily to live based on emotion. That can lead to some bad decisions maybe every now and then. Um, uh, I recently snatched a hold of the uh, H12 social media privileges. So if you like or hate what's happening on Twitter or Instagram right now, it's totally my fault. Um, <clears throat> but... But so, like, I, listen, guys, I love you, but I really don't care about what you tweet about. Like, it's 140 characters of me not caring. And um, so I love you. I love you, but I don't follow you. Anyway, um, <clears throat> anyway, so I, I get to, to hold the, the H12 Twitter in my hands. 
and I scroll through the feed. Guys, and it's a bummer sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, what are the students like? Oh, that's sad. Oh, oh. Uh. And honestly, it, like, it breaks my heart to see some of the stuff that you guys are, are putting out there. But it's like Twitter, you, anyone that uses Twitter in here knows that Twitter is not like a type it out, like think about it, reread it, look at it, set a timer for five hours. And if you still want to tweet it in five hours, then send it out. No, Twitter is like, now, this is what I'm feeling now. This is my emotion. <laughs> And, and so with that, with that, yeah, it's whatever. Anyway, so um, guys, uh, Twitter, you just like throw your emotions out there. Has anyone ever sent a tweet and then immediately been like, no, like try to catch it as it gets sent out? Like you hit send and you just, no. All right, so I was a freshman in college. That was six years ago, by the way. I had Twitter six years ago. I'm freaking cool, all right? Um, anyway, so I, so I had Twitter when I was a freshman in college, and uh, I'm sitting there, and the way the dorms work at Indiana Wesleyan is you have, like, a room where two guys sleep, a room where two guys sleep, and then there's a bathroom that connects that you guys share. And, and so I love my roommate, Josh. I was in his wedding. We're buds. Uh, Jake, one of my sweet mates, we're buds. He invited me to his wedding, but I was too busy and I didn't go. Um, anyway, and then, uh, then there's the other guy, Joe. Dude, guys, Joe was so scary. Joe was like Derek, only bigger and hairier. Like, he was huge, and he had this huge beard, and his arms, like the inside of his arms were like hairy. We always called him Wolverine, but you didn't like say it to his face because he would murder you. Now, Joe was, like, big and scary, but he was also kind of had, like, this little teddy bear thing going. And he loved to play his keyboard. He had a little Casio electric piano. And the only song he knew how to play was the stupid Office theme song, like the show The Office, which I love, by the way. I love The Office. I've watched it through more times than I want to say out loud. Um, and, and so, like, one night I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just typing up a paper by myself. It's like, you know, Thursday night doing some work. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, and dude, that's the only thing he knew. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to study and I put my headphones in and like the walls are like cinder block, but yet all the sound was just rushing through it. And so I'm getting so irritated at Joe. And so I get up and I'm like, listen, Joe, man, I'm trying to trying to write a paper right now, and, like, I love The Office, but, like, you're taking something I love and making it something I hate, and I'm not okay with it right now, and I need you to, like, learn another song. Please, Jesus, give him another song to sing. Anyway, so, so you know, I said to Joe, and he's like, yeah, man, what's up? All right, cool. All right, so I go back. You know, Harry Joe, I think he, like, shed on me a little bit, and, uh, and I go back in my room, and I start typing my paper, and, and then, sure enough, like, five minutes later, and so I'm just like, dude, I can't handle it. And like, do you ever do something like so immature that like you you don't want to confront like the giant in the next room? So instead you just like text behind his back. So I texted my friend Josh, who wasn't there, and I was like, Josh, Joe is so annoying. Hold on, I I had a slider phone, so it was like and I had T9, so you don't even have to look. I was like, and and so I just like like typed out this like mean thing to send to Josh about how Joe was driving me nuts. And, and then I just, like, go to recent recipients, hit send, boom. All right, cool. So I sit down. I sit down, and I'm typing on my, you know, I'm just working on my paper or whatever. Josh doesn't reply to me. I don't know why. 20 minutes later, Joe walks in, and Joe ain't happy. 
all like six two hairy manness of him is mad, and I'm like, Joe, hey man, what's the problem, dude? <laughs> and uh, and and he's like, dude, what did you tweet about me? So back in the old days, before you had smartphones, you had to tweet like through text message to a number, and that was the most recent thing. And so when I just kind of like lackadaisically picked like the recent recipient, I actually sent it to Twitter, and so it's all over Facebook that Joe's a tool, basically. And, uh, and so Joe isn't happy. We had to have a little sit down. I may have peed a little. That's called a piddle. A piddle happened. But it was okay. <clears throat> it was okay. But Twitter, Twitter is something that you just, it's an emotional response. I don't have to give you any more details for you to understand that, like, people start crap on Twitter, and sometimes it's on purpose and sometimes it's on accident. But, but here's the deal is, like, our emotions betray us spiritually. Our emotions betray us spiritually. And, and this, is, this is the blank there. It says, feeling-based decisions cause you to fall short. If you want to keep writing, it says uh, that feeling-based decisions cause you to fall short and miss out on God's next for your life. We respond out of emotion, and it, and it kills our momentum uh, with God. Uh, PK taught about this a, a couple Sundays ago. He's in this Home Run Kid series. I don't even have kids, and somehow it's changing my life. PK's a ninja like that. Um, but he was talking about how emotion with, without discipline leads to immaturity. Emotion without discipline leads to immaturity. And, and we don't realize this, that our sin nature comes out in our emotions. God gave us emotions, and there's, there's good things that come out of emotion. There's love and all that stuff. But we can also become a, a little overpassionate about things sometimes, and it gets us in trouble. So check out uh, Galatians 5, 7. Actually, it's going to be up on the board. Galatians 5, 17. And check this out. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. The flesh is, is like our desires, our emotions, our feelings. Uh, and, and they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That kind of sounds like your mom telling you that you can't do whatever you want. But, but guys, the thing you have to remember, whenever, you, uh, whenever you're hearing this and, and you're confused or whatever, you have to go back to what we talked about at the beginning with Ephesians 3.20, that God, God's next is bigger than your next for yourself. God's next for you is immeasurably more than you can even comprehend. So we have to keep that in mind. Whew. But the enemy wants to use your feelings to feed your fear. And, and how we respond to that question, what do I do now? It's not just feelings, but it, it, it's also rooted in fear. Now, if you're, if you're sitting there and you're going, Matt, I'm not fearful, I'm not a coward, and you're like, sitting there and you're like, yo, man, man, I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid of nothing. Listen, man, I'm telling you, you are. Everyone in this room has made a decision based out of fear. And I'm not just talking about like when you're running from a bear and you decide to, like what tree to jump in. Um, but, but like legitimate decisions that you're making every day. And, and here's the formula that you can follow to know whether or not you're making a decision out of fear. And that's if you're saying, I better blank or else blank. And we're going to give you some examples. Um, but like, how about this? Uh, I better post an awesome Instagram picture or else my friends are going to make fun of me. Guys, how many of you have ever like posted an Instagram picture and it got like three likes in like an hour and you were like, take it down. S to the D, shut it down. Shut it down. But, I mean, it's true. You're making a decision about what picture to post out of fear. It sounds silly, but it's a real thing. How about this? How about I better do whatever my boyfriend wants me to do or else he's going to break up with me? Yeah. We make decisions out of fear. I better do something 
or else something is going to happen to me. And you're making a decision out of fear, and God has more for you than fear. Uh, and because fear-based decisions cause you to freeze up. That's your next blank. Fear-based decisions cause you to freeze up. Derek talked about it last week, that fear paralyzes. So we're going we're gonna to jump back into the book of Numbers. And, and, and people can be, fear, they can be fearful. The Israelites, they had been delivered from slavery in Egypt. And Pharaoh, you know, like, I don't know. That's what goes in my head. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, but, but so they've been delivered from Pharaoh, and they're, they're wandering through the desert, and they're like, oh, man, we don't have anything to eat. And God was like, poof, bread. And then, poof, quail? <laughs> like, sorry, I don't know, quail. It just seemed like a strange choice. But, but so, like, all of these guys, they've just been eating, like, weird bread from heaven that has no waste, which it was exactly what they needed. So I wonder if they had waste themselves. Never mind. Okay, anyway. Um, but... But so all they've been eating is like this bread that falls from the sky and barbecued quail, okay? Not like with seasoning or like sticky fingers barbecue sauce on it. That's like the jam if you've ever had it. Um, but they, they go to the promised land. That's where God has told them to go. Go to the promised land. They get there, and before they go in, they, they send some scouts out to check it out. And scouts come back, and they're like, this place is awesome. And there's like milk and honey, which like I said, is like, I mean, we have stores, so milk and honey doesn't sound that awesome, but if you've just been eating, like, weird quail and uh, dewy bread, milk and honey are sounding pretty good. So uh, they get there, but, but they, they say, you know what, we can't, we can't do this. There's some huge people over there, and they're going to murder us if we try to take their land. So, uh, so we're going to jump into Numbers 14 and see, see what happened, because uh, we talked last week about Caleb and Joshua and how they looked back at what God had done. And how that freed them up to, to have the faith that God was going to pull f- through for them in the future. But we're going to be in Numbers 14, uh, chapter 1. Numbers 14, chapter... Oh, I'm going to read it like this, okay? Don't tell me what to do. You ain't the boss of me. All right. Um, all right, Numbers 14, verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. This is because they, they aren't going to do it. They're a bunch of wimps, and they saw the big people with the big cities, and they're saying, this ain't happening, yo. Uh, Verse 2, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. (laughs) If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to just go back to Egypt? They'd rather choose slavery than, than fight. And Uh, And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Verse 5 says, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. These are the two guys that went, and they said, you know what, God is going to give us this land. But everyone else was being Nancy's about it. Sorry if anyone of you are named Nancy. Verse 7. And, and, and they, they tore their clothes and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. We're going to jump ahead to, to verse 20 here in a second. So basically, that happens, and God's like, what the heck, guys? Like, I literally did, like, 20 miracles in a row for you guys, and you still don't believe that I'm going to come through for you. He's like, I'm done. I've had it with this. And, and Moses begs God. He says, listen, give us one more chance. We, we're going to come through for you. Like, you've been there for us, and, like, the people, they're just, like, a little bit shallow and whatever, and we're, we got this. So verse 20 comes around. It says, the Lord replied to Moses, uh, I have forgiven them as you asked. 
Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath or on oath to their ancestors. No one will, uh, who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. So, so basically, God is saying, listen, all you guys, the older generation, you blew it. Like, I, I did all of this for you. I have all of this. They're right here. Their next is right there. And God says, like, what, what are you thinking? Why would you do this? And, and the wages of, of sin is death. The wages of sin is punishment. And so, so God says, listen, you, you older generation that disobeyed me, you're just going to hang out in the wilderness for like 40 more years. When you all peace out, the younglings can go and take the land. And, and so they're, they're sitting there, and only Caleb and Joshua have honored God in this. Only Caleb and Joshua have looked back on God's promises. They know God's word. They know God's promises. And they know that that, that land was, was going to be given to them. Check out uh, verse 9 again. I'll just read it real quick. Uh, it said, this is Caleb talking. He goes, and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. This is a guy who by himself went and saw fortified cities, saw descendants of giants, like the descendants of Goliath were supposedly in this land. Huge dudes. And, and he's just like a normal dude. And he's like, we got this. We're like, they're, they're just slaves. They don't have like the, the fighting capabilities. But God has said that and Caleb's like, God's come through for us in the past, and so let's do this. And he says, their protection is gone, talking about the people in the land, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Don't do that. Um, But Caleb and Joshua remembered the promises of God. We good? Yeah, we good. All right. Anyway, and, uh, and he remembered their promises, and it informed their present decisions because it's all about today. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the present right now. And what is it that is informing your decisions? And, and here we go. Uh, this is your blank. It says, they made a decision based on God's promises instead of their personal pressures. They have all this pressure. They literally go to this land, realize we really don't have a shot unless God pulls through for us. And then they come back, and everyone hates them. And, and if you read all of Numbers 14, it was like to the point where they wanted them to be thrown out and stoned to death. There's some pressure. You guys think that finals and AP tests are pressure. These guys are literally getting threatened to be stoned. And if their plan does work, they have to go, like, conquer this crazy nation. And and so everyone else responded in fear. They weren't allowed to enter the promised land. When you let fear and feelings make your decisions for you, you cancel out God's next. We we have this mindset that whatever whatever happens, we're going to be fine. But God has a next for you, and God, there's a, there's a requirement of obedience in that. We have to look back on what God has, has promised us in his word that will inform our present decisions that allows us to access that next. Now, if you've been going to church for a long time, you're about to get annoyed with me. If you're brand new to church, welcome. I'm glad you're here. You're probably going to be annoyed with me. Uh, this is the solution. How do we... <laughs> What do I do now? It's in this. This is the Bible. There's one under your seat. If you don't have one, take it or ask us. We've got ones that look a little cooler than this because you guys are teenagers and you need cool stuff. Um, But we have to be in this. And, And I hope that what I'm saying right now is something that can be encouraging to you because this is it. 
we did a teaching. Uh, those of you guys that were at Senior Sneak, which was awesome, we talked about this thing. Uh, it's a lesson that's pretty common here at 12 Stone. Um, but it's called, well, it's just about faith, okay? And uh, faith is layered obedience. Faith is layered obedience. Write it down. It's good, I promise. All right. Um, when you become a Christian, when you accept Christ, when you say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, you have faith. We're going to pretend faith is paper for a second. All right? Now, you just have this one layer of faith, okay? And it's shallow, and it's easy to have questions and all that stuff. And, and faith is layered obedience, and how we grow that, how we add layers to that is by getting in God's word. And, and when you just dive into God's word once, it adds a layer. You pray, you, you have victory over sin, you're just adding layers. And, and daily, I mean, whatever, if you miss a day, that's fine. But like daily obedience, faith is layered obedience. And after a while, you start to get kind of a stack going. And you look, some people that are new in their faith, that have this one layer, two layer, whatever, shallow faith, look at the, the people with the whole stack, and they say, God, what have you, like, why have you given them that and me just this little thing? Why is this all I have when you've given other people a whole stack? God, I want a stack of faith. I want to be able to do something awesome. But you look at the people that have a stack of faith, didn't come overnight. Want to know how they started? One at a time. Layered obedience. That's what faith is, is day after day choosing to chase after God. That's how God grows you. No one just gets a stack of faith. It's something that's built up. And then eventually, you have a history with God. And when the tough things come up, you say, hey, I've got this big stack of faith, and I'm going to fight through this. Faith is layered obedience. And so tonight, I challenge you to get in the word, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you in a different way, okay? I think, uh, I think some of you guys have been here enough to know what to do. You've probably read some stuff in the word. But have you ever memorized scripture? That's, a, that's something, I didn't start doing this until I was in college, and I was like, what the heck was I doing? Because when you memorize scripture, it's not like one sheet, but it's like a stack at a time. Um, Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 1, it's awesome. Uh, if, if anyone in here is struggling with sin in their life, and you, you hear about it all the time, and you hear, like, I want victory over that, and you come up here during worship, and you say, God, that was the last time, God, that was the last time. But then you go home and you screw up again and you're like, what the heck, I, I can't do this. You have to build up your stack. And one of the ways to do that is to memorize scripture. Psalm 119, verse 1, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart so I would not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart so I would not sin against you. And, and so tonight, when you walk out, there's going to be a, a table in the very back and it's got like little note cards with four verses on them. All right, don't memorize four verses. I'm literally just saying memorize one verse tonight, okay? Over this next week, check it out. There's one that's uh, to help uh, overcome sexual sin or if you're just discouraged or if you need to persevere, if you, just, if you just need something, you just need something to cling on to. There's verses that you can memorize. There's one in here for everyone that everyone can relate to. Grab a card. I promise it's going to be worth it. <sighs> Derek's going to come up here in a second. We're going to have this really cool time with the seniors and stuff. But, but before he does... I'm challenging you to get in the Word because the Word changed my life. I, I know a lot of you guys in here and whatever, if what Derek said at the beginning was true, that I've impacted any of your lives and you have any respect for me whatsoever, know this. The Bible changed my life, guys. I was a sinner. I was 
just done. I was done, guys. I was a punk. I was a jerk. People didn't like me. I was not pure at all in a lot of ways. And God changed my life. So I, if, if anything in you is like saying, maybe I need to like talk to somebody tonight, don't leave tonight. The seniors are going to come up and it's going to be distracting for 15 minutes if that's what's going on in your heart. But, but come talk to somebody. Go to connection groups. Talk to me out in the hallway. Talk to anyone wearing like a little leader age 12 shirt or a, a, what's that thing called? A lanyard. Yeah, totally, totally talk to someone about that, guys. Don't leave tonight. Don't leave tonight having that unsettled in your heart. Um, if, you, uh, if you've never read the Bible before, and like, holy crap, memorizing a verse, I've never even read anything. Read John. Read the book of John. It's a great place to start. It's the story of Jesus. It's uh, beautifully written, and, and you'll love it. If you read John, read Acts. It's like right after John. You'll find it, uh, I promise. Um, but yeah, I, I love you guys. You guys need to know that, and know that nothing else matters in any of this if you're not chasing after God, if you don't have, if you're not developing that, that obedience. Um, that's, that's what it's all about, guys. So, uh, Let's, let's close it up in prayer real quick, and then um, we'll, we'll do some cool stuff with the seniors. So, God, we thank you so much for, for just this, this concept that, that you can grow our faith, that you have a next for us that's bigger than we can even imagine. And, God, I pray that you would just help me help these students in this time to, to just chase after you. When they go to college, whatever, when times get tough, whatever, God, would we just look to you and not to the other things of this world that want to distract us? Because the enemy wants us to use our feelings and our fear, but God, we're bigger than that. Let us look back in your word on your promises and not our personal pressures right now. So God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.